Hi, I'm Deb Crow, and welcome to season two of the Heart Centered Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast where we connect, learn, and laugh together with strong leaders from all over the globe. Here, you will learn from peers you haven't even met yet. You will gain new tools to add to your leadership toolbox. Because whether you're a C-suite executive or a first-time entrepreneur, we all contend with challenges and there's always room for improvement if we choose to seek it. So please pull up a chair and listen in. This is the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And here we are at the end of July. 2021. I am not sure where this month went. And I got to give you a complete vulnerability, transparent statement here. I have so much anxiety about recording these solo episodes. I think, what can I possibly say that they want to hear? Imposter syndrome at its best. So here I am and want to give you a little insight into what I've been up to this month and talk to you about some more elements within heart-centered leadership that I'm seeing around the globe. I've had an interesting month of coaching and self-care. I've been riding my bike a lot. I decided to up my self-care game and put even more white space in my calendar because nobody's calendar should be booked back to back. That's not leadership. That's burnout at its best. So more white space in the morning, in the midday, even sometimes after lunch, spacing out my workload, my thinking time, my coaching time, my podcast interviews, So that I was always gifting myself that thought period every day for one hour. So, so crucial. How many of you are booking in white space in your schedule? So for example, I may finish a coaching client and then I go ride my bike. It does so many wonderful things for me, for my body. And I no longer wear my AirPods. I used to be listening to music or a podcast. And now I allow the silence, the beauty of Mother Nature. And it has become more of a mindfulness, much like my my walking or my yoga. When I'm riding my bike, I do not have any expectation on how far I'm going to go on my bike. And like I'm always writing and talking about on the podcast, I am allowing myself to be. There's power in that. There's power in silence. There is power in intentionally and purposely putting white space in your calendar. When you have time to think and time to move and time to be, It allows clarity to be fostered as a habit. It allows clarity in the forefront of your habits of thinking. And it doesn't give chaos an opportunity to show up. I'm going to say that one again. When you put white space in your calendar, you're inviting intentional clarity 
So that chaos never has an invitation to show up. That is powerful. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring up scheduling of white space and clarity is we are still navigating unprecedented times at all levels. And even though I am regularly speaking with senior team leads, leaders at all levels, executive teams and C-suite leaders, I think it proposes a conversation to ask why now that everyone is online and we have been for almost a year and a half, do we have this presence of what I want to frame and call online due diligence? And if we do, how are we maintaining the company's culture? Is it healthy? Is it vital? I have seen so many up and downs throughout COVID-19, the pandemic, and it's been interesting to see how leaders define culture, how they view progression versus being absent. And I think it's been interesting that Global organizations are now discussing and chatting amongst themselves to learn even more about conduct and culture. I think the core message that everyone is looking to achieve is, can we nurture a prosperous culture within organizations and still navigate the everyday or activities of daily living challenges that comes with running a business. And I think it lends a hand to discuss leadership, threat management, there's governance issues. And I think it leaves us with a learning experience for all of you listening who know someone or are in active leadership roles. So if we talk about culture, what is a culture? Why is it so important for business? And I think it lends an open conversation of dialogue to discuss what it is and and how it's been defined through these unprecedented times. We can get many different definitions and opinions on what a culture is. I'm going to share my version And of course, it's going to have the word heart in it. I truly believe that culture is the day-to-day completion of the heart-centered leadership and tasks of a business. It is the connection of the employees to both the work as well as their coworkers, team members, depending on where you are in the world listening to this and what your infrastructure or hierarchy diagram might look like. But the bottom line is when we love what we do and we're connected to it, as well as to the people we work with and the people we report to, it really allows the man the the management structure, and so much more to unfold. So it would be easy for me to 
dismiss and say that it's it's an intangible reality within industry and that sometimes we become these complacent human beings who almost can become reliant on data to make decisions. And you've heard me joke many times before I've interviewed some of the top artificial intelligence leaders across the globe. AI has its presence. It has its progression. It's in our everyday activities of daily living. And and data is so important for so many different things but you will never find a robot with a charming personality. So as much as I love to instill humor when we're talking about important or hard leadership topics, sometimes it's difficult to measure emotion or interpret the satisfaction of your staff. And as a leader and a heart-centered leader in today's climate, It is imperative and vital for a healthy culture to ensure that it has that data. It has the the link, if you will, to heart-centered productivity, heart-centered profitability. And overall, how is the heart of the business or organization performing? So I realized the first nine minutes of this podcast. I have given you a lot of heart-centered leadership elements to think about. So let's recap. We're talking about white space in our schedule to welcome clarity. We talked about self-care. We've talked about culture. And I'm just asking you to ponder and think about what we've talked about so far, and do a self-audit to where you're at in your own leadership. You've heard me say many times, leadership belongs to everyone. It doesn't mean you have to have a title or a rank or stature. Leadership belongs to everybody. So if you had to sit and think about the culture of your work, your environment, your business, your organization, your global organization, could you easily answer and describe it? Would it fall into heart-centered leadership? When I give myself some time and clarity to really think about that myself and all the organizations that I work with around the globe and the many different levels of leaders... It makes me think of one of my favorite quotes of all time, and I think it's quite fitting given the unprecedented time we are still in, but the quote is, the devil is in the details. So the details are of a matter or is it more problematic aspect, misconstrued information, perception. So when I think of the devil is in the details, it makes me think I'll relate it to COVID. Are we getting somewhere? But I don't really think that that quote quite nails it. Why is it 
an assumption, aka the details, have to equal a problematic aspect of a matter. So think about this. Details are not always a problem. So I don't think we can or should assume this for every scenario. So if you think about leadership, behavior, culture, what is the definition of problematic? Constituting or presenting a problem or difficulty. So think about the next time you might be thinking something's problematic. Is problematic the right word? The devil is in the details. So a little bit of fun to have with that. What other word could you put or how else could you reframe that, if you will? I wanted to share a recent conversation that I had with an executive team within a financial sector. And they had had a lot of turnover. They're deeming it due to COVID. So the onset of this difficulty, if you will, I don't want to use the the word problematic after the discussion we just had. There was a lot of new people who had come together on an executive team within a financial sector. So let's think about this. Let's review this together. COVID-19, unprecedented times, a whole new team of people coming together. They have not met face-to-face, eight new personalities, eight different backgrounds. How do you develop and establish trust and rapport digitally. Think about that. That's where we're at. There's there's a potential for this team to have a hybrid model in the future. But right now, the summer of 2021, they are having difficulty understanding responsibility and assignment. So it's very easy to have judgment and assumptions, but I'm giving you a real-life snapshot team, an executive team at that, who turned over, the whole team turned over due to COVID-19 for various reasons. You bring eight new people together. So we sat down together on a Zoom call, and I had the privilege of getting to know them each individual first, and then we came together as a group. And I listened, and I watched, and I learned. And when I really had a difficult time, I would ask permission to turn my video off for the sole purpose of closing my eyes so that I could really lean in and have that attentive listening that I always talk about within your heart-centered leadership qualities. Because I wanted to hear the emotion from each executive. And at the end of the conversation, when I was to weigh in and kind of give some recommendations and some coaching around some of the 
the strategies that were needed to, to get over a few of the hurdles, I went back to the basics of project management. And I said to the team, why don't we implement a RACI? So for those of you who don't know what that is, a RACI, some people might call it a, with different accents, R-A-C-I, it's a responsibility assignment matrix. So what it does is it gives a linear responsibility chart, if you will, and it will describe the participation by various roles and You can show this through completing tasks or deliverables for a project or even a business process. And they were so excited to go back to the basics that there was silence. So for those of you who have not seen this, again, it's pronounced RAY-C and the acronym is R-A-C-I and it's a blueprint for any type of project. And I have implemented it and recommended and coached around it for many, many years in in many different sectors, actually. And the look of relief on this executive team when we were implementing a RACI was like, thank you. Because we had eight different personalities eight new people, and a collective new team. So here was a culture that could have gone awry. And we took time to communicate, to listen, to hear what each person was bringing to the conversation. And when you have a racy and you can literally delegate those responsibilities on a chart that's linear and descriptive and easy to interpret and quite nice to look at, it really allowed for a team exhale. And RACI, the acronym, the R stands for responsible, the A stands for accountable, the C stands for consulted, and the I stands for informed. And if you haven't heard of it, I encourage you to Google it. I greatly encourage you to try it with your team. And it's always nice when an external set of eyes can come in with a different tool, especially with a new team, when you're striving to establish trust and rapport, identify those roles and responsibilities And it really helps to avoid confusion over those roles and responsibilities and sets the tone for a healthy, vital culture. So if we think about changing the landscape of leadership, which is one of my biggest passions with Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast, because I believe we're all imperfect. I think it lends such beauty to who we are as people and who we are as leaders and sharing our imperfection and our vulnerability and being transparent in our communication. I truly believe this is changing the landscape of leadership, one meaningful conversation at a time.
As you think about culture and putting white space into your schedule, I want you to think of the top six leadership challenges that we're currently seeing around the world. And this is data that comes out of the Center for Creative Leadership. And the top six leadership challenges right now are number one, honing effectiveness. Number two, inspiring others. Number three, developing employees. Number four, leading a team. Number five, guiding change. And number six, managing stakeholders. So if we think about what we have been navigating as a global world and citizens within the business community, we've also given rise to the challenges and we have failed to meet some of them. We need to systematically have different approaches to creating a better future. And I think building on the creativity and the power of different markets, but setting them in a new context. And that's where heart-centered leadership is not new. It's necessary. It's vital. And it has shown to be evident and needed greatly since March of 2020. So if you think about the top six leadership challenges that I just alluded to, the common thread and what really matters the most in all six of those challenges is they intersect with people. So think about that. Think about those six elements, those six challenges. I'm going to repeat them for you one more time. Honing effectiveness, inspiring others, developing employees, leading a team, guiding change, and managing stakeholders. So my question for you is, what do you think and feel are the top three leadership challenges that we are facing globally at this time? This will give you an opportunity to throw some white space in your calendar, to really think about that question. And when you look at your answers, having time and solace and clarity to go inward and do a self-audit to see how those challenges are affecting your heart-centered leadership. I think it'll be a wonderful exercise for you to sit and listen and come up with and see how it affects your culture your thoughts, and your clarity. So as we end out the month of July 2021, I hope everyone is having a beautiful summer, regardless of where you live in the world. I hope you're creating beautiful memories with your family and friends, and that life is returning to somewhat of a normal sense for you. And I want to challenge you on this solo episode this month and leave you with a question. For those of you with a heavy heart, for those of you who are working in an environment where the culture is not what or how you feel it should be, my question for you is, 
what's the cost of your voice not being heard? Thank you so much for listening. And I've enjoyed this July solo episode and spending time with you. And I'll see you next month back here at the end of August. And remember, being different and imperfect are two great qualities of being a heart-centered leader. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. I'm Deb Crow. If you like what you heard today, please rate and review the show. And I'd love it if you'd visit my website at debcrow.com, where you can sign up for my newsletter and get access to the Heart-Centered Leadership Toolkit, all free of charge. Thanks for your time, and we'll see you again.